Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Worst Year Ever. My name's Katie Stoll, obviously. Mine's not, but it is Cody Johnston. That's right. And I also am a person who has been named legally in birth certificates and similar documents. And what was that name that are on your birth certificate and similar documents? That's a great question, Katie. Should we start the show? Absolutely, Mm. Robert. (laughs) Um, uh, This week... Guys, I think we're all pretty pumped to be talking about Kamala Harris. Is pumped the right word? Yeah. Thrilled? Um, Ecstatic. I'm just over the moon. Yeah. As the British would say, I'm chim chim chiru about it. I'm really chuffed about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, chuffed. I'm, I'm chuffed. Is that corked. the right use of, use of chuffed? I'm, I'm, I'm piffed. right woggered about it. Right woggered. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I'm poffledy toffled about it. Yep. I'm stunned by our linguistic skills. Mm-hmm. All of oh, our, yeah. Yeah, and we, our and our accents. We know the world. Yeah, you're right, Woggart about it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't I'm know if you're Wampus. aware of this, Katie, mm-hmm. but we are the world. We are thus, the world. We know we all people. of its all of its slang. Yeah. So this was originally just going to be my episode, uh, but it's a big one, so we kind of divvied it up. But I'm going to get it started, right? We're we're kind of revising this as we go along, and how we we do this show. Yeah. And I think uh, we might we might wind up doing future episodes like this, where we all take chunks of a candidate's yeah 
history. Who knows? We're learning how to do our jobs in real time. And let us know what you guys uh, think. Much let us like know a bridge you... builder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just if, it, if this is a more interesting way to present the information or if you just want one person monologuing for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're people for the people. Yeah. We're so learning together. We value your feedback. Yeah. Um, but let's just, let's just dig in on Kamala, all right? Harris? Harris. Oh. Yeah, because there's a lot to get through. Uh, Kamala was born... In Oakland, California, in 1964. I just want to real quick make a controversial statement. I am pro-candidates who have been born. Okay. Putting so, that out there. So, That's a bold, so, well, bold take. Why don't. don't you put a pin in that, listen to the rest of the episode, and, and see if you still have that opinion. Okay. So far, I'm I'm re- I'm pro this. Pro-birth. Okay. Yeah. Great. Born in Oakland, California in 1964. Her mother is Shyamala Gopalin, uh, who immigrated from India in 1960. She got her doctorate in endocrinology at UC Berkeley and conducted breast cancer research. Her father, Donald Harris, uh, immigrated from Jamaica to go to grad school at UC Berkeley. He's now an econ professor at Stanford. Her younger sister, Maya Harris, is a political analyst for MSNBC, uh, worked on Hillary Clinton's campaign, the 2016 one, and is now a <laughs> uh, campaign chairwoman for Kamala. Uh, so this is quite the impressive family. Uh, Kamala attended Howard University. Now, that that's interesting because I was under the impression that people usually picked to run their campaign members of the weird beach cult that uh, yeah. they grew up in. Is that not the standard? Apparently it's not the standard. Uh, I, after, interesting. After our Tulsi episode, I also thought that. Uh, but no, family members, close family members who have also worked for Hillary Clinton mm. is maybe more We are learning a lot. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, she attended Howard University, uh, studied economics and political science, was on the debate team. She also was, I guess is, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is the nation's oldest black sorority and actually an incredibly powerful, influential group of women. Um, A lot of very cool people in that community. Uh, While at Howard, Harris decided that she wanted to become a prosecutor. Uh, And this was confusing for a lot of people, especially her parents, uh, you know, being an African-American woman from Oakland. Uh, it, it didn't seem like the logical step for her. Uh, but this is a quote from The Atlantic, which is actually quoting Harris's book. Uh, Yet growing up at protests, Harris writes, she'd seen the mechanics of fighting for justice from the outside. That dynamic did not appeal to her. She wanted insider power, establishment power. When activists came marching and banging on doors, Harris writes, I wanted to be on the other side to let them in. Okay. 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 She wanted the inside. I mean, that's power. a really, I think that's a really, like, I'm in contact with a lot of activists just as a part of my job because I cover protests and, and you yeah. know, activism a shitload. And a number of people who I've been, like, talking with over the years and over, like, you know, successive sort of things they've been involved with have, like, started, you know, expressing that exact same interest right. where, like, I'm tired of feeling like I'm just shouting at a wall and maybe if I get into office, I can do something. Like, I do think yeah. that is like a pretty common sentiment to be yeah. Absolutely. To be I, I get that. If you know? only we could be bricks in that wall. Just another brick in the yeah. wall? Mm-hmm. You know, Cody, okay. <laughs> I think you're onto something here. You should cut a fucking album based around that sentiment. I would love to. That would be amazing. <laughs> what I mean, would you call it? Uh, ooh, the The... The edifice. Yeah, the, the, the blockage, the obstacle, the tall, thin obstacle between the inside tall, and outside. The tall, thin obstacle That's catchy. between inside and outside. That's good. Yeah, right? It's I, pretty good. I think 
I think this album could be hugely successful and also wildly misinterpreted by generations of <laughs> listeners. That's the best kind of art. All right, yes. back to Kamala. All right. Uh, in 1989, she got her JD from University of California Hastings College of Law. Uh, and she then became an assistant DA for Alameda County, uh, and she specialized in prosecuting child sex abuse cases. Harris, uh, in that position, saw how much power prosecutors have, and uh, apparently sometimes she kind of relished it. Quote, when I was prosecuting child molestation cases, I will tell you, I was as close to a vigilante as you can get. It was also during this time that she began a relationship with then-attorney, California Assembly Speaker, and future mayor, Willie Brown. Uh, at this time, Brown was 60 and Kamala was 30. <laughs> Brown was married but had been separated for a long time, um, and they were together for a few years. From everything I've read, her relationship with Brown elevated her profile and standing in San Francisco social circles, which would end up being helpful for her as she entered into politics. Yeah. Um, that. That seems fine to me, to be honest. Like, people can say what they want. Like, 30 years is a huge age gap. But if you're 30, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. That's that's not the problem. I mean, it's a big age gap. But, you know, she's an adult woman. Um, This next next part is what people take issue with, which is that Brown appointed her to two patronage positions, the Unemployment Insurance Ah. Appeals Board and the California Medical Assistance Commission, which earned her over $400,000 over five years. Willie Brown became mayor of San Francisco and Kamala broke up with him shortly after his inauguration. Um, But she has received a significant amount of criticism for her relationship with Willie Brown over the years. Uh, Tommy Loren even accused her of sleeping her way to the top. Uh, Well, if there's one thing we know about Tommy Loren, it's that she is... A um, force <laughs> of moral consistency. I mean, uh, it's yeah. just very funny coming her from analysis. her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, look, sure, it's not great that he gave his girlfriend very lucrative jobs. I'll admit no. that. Uh, he certainly gave her a boost, both professionally and socially. Again, in the community, yeah. elevating her status. But ultimately, that criticism from our perspective now isn't quite fair, and is also a bit sexist. You know, it's something that you wouldn't necessarily say about a man Kamala is clearly clearly a driven woman and a politician and Willie Brown can't take credit for where she is right now but he certainly helped her you know get her career started now let's talk about her as a DA Uh, in 1998 Kamala became the assistant DA to Terrence Hallinan uh, who is known as one of the most progressive if not the most progressive DAs at the time Uh, this is from the Atlantic about Hallinan, uh, a legendary civil rights activist, defense attorney, former city supervisor, and an outspoken advocate for marijuana legislation. He swiftly fired senior prosecutors in order to hire more minorities and reformists. He instructed his deputies to avoid the practice of objecting to a proposed juror for a criminal trial, an unusual stance that weakened the hand of the DA's office, to avoid impaneling all white juries. So he's kind of a cool guy, right? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pro that. Pro that. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about him in a second. But Harrison Hallinan had a bit of a contentious time while she worked under him. Uh, there was this proposition, Prop 21, that would allow prosecutors to try juvenile defendants in superior court rather than juvenile court. And both Hallinan and Kamala opposed it. Um, and Kamala actively campaigned against the measure. However, she got a lot of interviews and attention as opposed to him. Uh, and that's something that the district attorney's public information officer allowed to happen, and that didn't sit well with Terrence. 
who accused Harris and the public information officer of conspiring to make Harris into a star so she could run against him in the 2003 election. Harris claimed that she wasn't going to run against him because that would be unprofessional. But then there was all this drama. He demoted Harris uh, and like set up a canary trap to see if she would link information. She didn't. But ultimately, now what is it? What is a what is a what is a canary trap? Because the only one I'm familiar with is when you put one in a mine to see if it dies. I think from it was that the poison. <laughs> no, I don't know so exactly what it was. <laughs> it was it was referenced in this article. Uh, you know, it's like a, a little a, a trap for her to set into, like something to see if she would leak information. Yeah, to you the leak media. something that's not necessarily true, probably. Yeah, and uh, see okay. if it leaks. And like, I know who did that because it's the only person I told. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. I don't understand calling it a canary trap. Okay. Anyway, she didn't leak it, but she did end up running against him in 2003. Maybe it was because she was angry at uh, their situation, or maybe she'd always planned yeah, to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's talk about that a bit. Uh, at the time, the early 2000s, we just come through this whole tough on crime period of the 90s. Well, in the 80s. And a lot of people in San Francisco didn't trust Helen Ann's progressive policies. And that is exactly what Harris ran on. She literally used the line, quote, it's not progressive to be soft on crime for her campaign. Quote, she carefully cultivated a base of support among police officers, domestic violence advocates, wealthy donors, and a diverse range of local officials and community leaders who had bristled at Hallinan's leftist politics and abrasive styles. Throughout much of the campaign, Harris attacked Hallinan as too weak and ineffective to keep communities safe from dangerous criminals. In contrast, Harris promised to get tough. And I want to talk a little bit about Hallinan uh, to contrast with Kamala. Uh, so bear with me here a bit. Hallinan's office had a low felony conviction rate, far lower than the rest of the state, because Hallinan was pushing a lot of resources into rehabilitation programs instead of convictions, which Mm. on paper looks like just a dismissal. Uh, Also, San Francisco is a really liberal city, so juries were more lenient. But the thing is that despite that, overall, crime rates were plummeting. Violent crime had gone down close to 60 percent in San Francisco since he took office. But that did not matter. Low conviction rate became the headline that the media latched onto and the talking point that Harris pushed. Her campaign argued that Helen Ann had failed to keep communities safe from surging gang violence and would, you know, point <laughs> point to was low like? conviction rate. They, yeah. you know, they'd flyer the cities, yeah. you know, talking about this. Uh, and it just it got really ugly. And again, they really tapped into that whole tough on crime narrative. You know, it doesn't sound like she's opening the door to the activists yet. No, it sure doesn't. So, yeah, that's why it, it's it important. It sounds like to, she's like leaning out the window, throwing wadded up garbage it at sure them. sure does. And being like, Point, get, pointing, get pointing at the bricks door. on the wall and being like, yeah, try, just try. Yeah. I and dare look you. Look at how good I built this wall. Just keep, <laughs> keep, keep that in mind as we talk more about this. Uh, during yeah. during his time in office, Hallinan had also really tried to crack down on police misconduct, bringing cases against cops to trial, introducing a ballot measure to increase police oversight. Um, so the tensions between him and the police department were very strained, and ultimately they ended up endorsing Kamala. Wait, police don't like her. being held accountable? No, I know. It's oh, wild. Okay. Uh, but they endorsed Kamala, citing her as the law and order candidate. So like if you were to say the phrase like, Kamala Harris is a cop. That wouldn't be necessarily the most inaccurate it wouldn't assessment. Be. And we're going to talk so much more about that. She's got a, um, a little bit of an interesting relationship with the cops. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We'll explore that. Also, outgoing mayor, her ex-boyfriend, William Brown, also endorsed her, obviously. Sure. Uh, 
again, got her the support of elite, wealthy San Francisco people like the Gettys. But real quick, worth noting, Willie Brown had issues with Hallinan, uh, like how he was investigating city corruption cases and, speaking of activists, uh, encouraged handing out soup to homeless people, uh, even going so far as showing up to ladle soup along with volunteer organizations which is a problem because it was illegal in the city at the time, and that pissed off a lot of people because he was blatantly ignoring a blatantly dumb law. So anyway, I wonder why hmm. Willie endorsed his ex-girlfriend. Uh, Weird. Anyway, spoiler <laughs> alert, Kamala won. She won. Helen Ann was out. Once in office, Kamala did keep some of his legacy, uh, you know, like focusing on drug diversion programs and providing rehabilitation resources. Uh, she also had this reentry program for minor offenders, uh, the Back on Track program, and it received a lot of praise, although many criticized it because it only affected minors that had no previous criminal record. Um, so they felt like that mm. fell short. But she felt the pressure to live up to her campaign promises, you know, tough on crime. And according to former prosecutors, Harris adopted inflexible charging procedures, you know, to look tough on crime, most likely in preparation for running for statewide office someday. Mm. Another key issue in Harris's tenure as DA, which many of you have probably heard about, was truancy, uh, which she saw as a crisis. Harris believed that students who have high truancy rates at every level of schooling are more likely to be the perpetrators or victims of crimes. So she attempted to solve this issue by criminalizing truancy for the parents of truant children. Quote from Kamala, the crisis is not only crippling our economy, it is a basic threat to public safety. Um, that seems like something with no unanticipated downsides. No, you know, not criminalizing parents for their kids being absent, uh, not capitalizing on people's fears and like creating a bad guy yeah. that doesn't necessarily need to be considered the bad guy. Maybe they need other kinds of resources than being put in jail. I don't know. And not a, not unfairly criminalizing the poor because the poor are the mm -hmm. ones who are most poor working parents are the ones who are most likely to not have as much time to watch their kids and right. you know be work both working full time and thus unable to police them as much as they need to. It certainly is a problematic position that she held. Mm, and, I like it. Well, I think punitive I, justice is again, the best kind of justice. It goes back to the roots of like people were surprised coming from where she you know, came from, where she was surrounded, grew up in a community of people that you would think she would be able to empathize with, you know? Well, I, I was against all this until Cody framed it as putative justice mm -hmm. because that makes me think of like how laser guns sound. Yeah, mm -hmm. like pew, 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 exactly. pew. And Love now those. I'm on board now you're on with board. jailing poor parents. Well, in so recent in recent years, Harris has said that her goal was not to arrest parents, but rather to, you know, provide a, a stick to the school district's carrot, whatever that means. That is, no. Is the, is the stick, is mm. the stick arresting parents? I like, guess. Right, like what, you're just, <laughs> yeah. ooh, that's so mm, sneaky. I know. <laughs> I, I shot at you to make you dig faster. The goal was not to hit you with the bullets. The goal was to provide a stick that was the bullets heading towards it's you. It's called you motivation. See? You see okay? the difference? Yeah. Um, it's just a hang in there baby poster. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Doesn't that you, matter. That you roll up and then you slap people with doesn't it. Doesn't matter what she was going for. Parents of truant kids were criminalized. Mm -hmm. uh, and Harris has since apologized and tried to distance herself from the issue. But that's why we're here, baby. Mm. Yeah. Your, your past is coming back. Mm. Um, there was also this story 
about how Deborah Madden, uh, a police crime lab technician who routinely testified as a witness for the prosecution, got caught stealing the cocaine that she was supposed to analyze as evidence. Um, And after that, it was then realized that she'd had this previous felony conviction for domestic violence. And I guess a big part of the responsibility lay with the police department for not disclosing all the information to Kamala's office, or at least that's what they say. But Kamala had been informed multiple times that Deborah was an unreliable witness. Hmm. And ultimately, Kamala's office got in trouble for not disclosing that information to the defense attorneys or their defendants who should have that information. And it resulted in like 600 cases being dismissed. Oh, you're 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 missing some really important data, Katie. Am I? Um, yeah. Was it was it good blow? You know like, what? Was it some primo shit or was she like, was it some of that like garbage that gets cut? I dug like, around and I Diego. couldn't find it. Um, and I've got, you know, a search on on Deborah Madden's and I'm systematically mm. hunting them down to see if it's that Deborah Madden. And as soon as I find the answer, I will report back to you guys All right. on the quality well, of listeners, that blow. If you did cocaine with Deborah Madden, chime in, <laughs> let us know if it was the good shit, because I really don't think we can have a solid take on no, this we until can't. we know the quality of the it. cocaine. Yeah. yeah. And I apologize for yeah. my feelings. Uh, please mean. send any information you have to tips at <laughs> worst year pod. Tips at worst year pod dot cocaine. Dot cocaine. That's right. it. That's the address. That's, um, that's for just cocaine related tips. Any that you have. <laughs> Um, as DA, she also set about repairing relations with the police department that had weakened under Hallinan, but ultimately she faced backlash from law enforcement pretty quickly into her time there when she didn't seek the death penalty for a gang member uh, who was convicted of murdering an SF police officer, uh, Isaac Espinoza, in 2004. Uh, Kamala was staunchly against the death penalty, and it's one of the reasons people describe her as progressive. Um, but that moved distance mm. her from the law enforcement community. Quote, our members never forgave Harris. That was then president of the police union, Gary DeLangness. I wonder if she'll ever prove to be not totally consistent about the death penalty. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> wonder, wonder louder, Robert. Wonder We're louder. Get to that. Anyway, she felt that lack of support from them when she ran for California attorney general in 2010. Uh, at that time, only one law enforcement group endorsed her uh, and she she barely won. So she spent her first term as AG actively courting their approval, I guess. And I think Mm. that this is when she really earned her reputation as a cop, um, which I am assuming Robert will be digging into in a minute. Um, Anyway, by the time she was up for reelection, once she had completed her first term, she then had the endorsement of a dozen law enforcement groups. So that's a big swing. Yeah. In the uh, support. Out of the park. Out of the park. I wonder if someone wrote six pages about why that might be. I wonder if someone did. <laughs> I also wonder if it's time for us to break for an ad real quick. Sophie's nodding yes. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We're back. We're back. Oh my God! Those products, those services. I am uh, exploding with capitalism. Is how I would describe myself right now. Yeah. Much like, uh, I don't know, one of Raytheon's fine guided thermobaric missiles, um, which you can all buy uh, if you. Uh, sign an arms contract with the United States government. Easy. Anyway, no let's talk about uh, <laughs> Kamala, Kamala Harris's yeah Kamala Harris's career as uh, uh, California's Attorney General. She was elected in 2011, as Katie stated, making her the top cop in the state. Uh, she held the job until 2017, when she was elected senator, replacing longtime incumbent Barbara Boxer. Now, one of the more controversial decisions by A.G. Harris uh, during this period was her attitude towards the treatment of transgender people mm-hmm. in state custody. In 2015, she filed a legal brief which argued against providing gender confirmation surgery for a prisoner, uh, Mikkel Lyle Norsworthy. The prisoner in this case argued that being forced to go without the surgery counted as cruel and unusual punishment. The advocate describes this as, quote, what some see as the only blot on her LGBTQ rights record. Now, I should note that The Advocate, which is a fairly mainstream, queer-focused news site, is generally positive about Kamala, Mm -hmm. due in large part to her pioneering history fighting against the trans panic defense as a defense Mm -hmm. attorney. This is something she convened like a big, like, nationwide, like, conference of of lawyers and DAs and shit in uh, San Francisco when she was um, the DA to try to deal with and, like, basically provide arguments against the trans panic defense. In case you're not aware, like, the trans panic defense is this thing people would use to claim like people when they murdered transgender particularly transgender women would defend themselves by saying that like they were so freaked out by the fact that a transgender woman was flirting with them that they just went crazy and murdered her and can't be held accountable for their actions that there's something about transgender women that so upsets men that they can't be considered in their right mind when they murder them people got off as from murdering people as a result there's also the gay panic defense as well yeah Uh, the gay panic defense too as well i have a friend's uh brother a while back was murdered 
and uh, the guy got off on a gay panic defense, even though the guy. Yeah, anyway. it's a thing. It's a thing. And Kamala did a lot to fight against it yeah. and provide um, like lo- lawyers and stuff who were who were arguing against people who had committed that crime, prosecutors um, with ways around that defense, with like ways to argue against it in court and stuff. So mm-hmm. she does get he, she has to get a lot of credit for that. That yeah. was a that was a big deal. And she did it at a time when. She was, you know, one of relatively few voices in law enforcement really making that uh, an issue. So there's there's a reason why um, uh, someone like the advocate would give her, you know, would describe her what she did, you know, arguing against uh, Mikhail Lyle Norsworthy's gender confirmation surgery as the only blot on her record. Um, now, it's interesting to me how the advocate describes Kamala's defense of her stance on Mikhail Lyle Norsworthy's case. Um, she pointed out that when she was attorney general, the state's Department of Corrections was a client of hers, and she had to represent its interests. But she worked behind the scenes to get the policy changed so that any inmate requiring such procedures could receive them. Now, I I'd have not found any hard evidence that she did, in fact, work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. nor have I found any evidence that she did not. Norsworthy won her case, so I'm not really sure how much fighting behind the scenes was even necessary. Right. Um, and in fact, like at the time at which like Kamala was arguing against this woman's right to transition, um, the state courts in California had confirmed that she had a right to do it. Now, the fact of the matter is that Harris wrote more than one brief um, opposing incarcerating trans women's rights uh, to get court-ordered surgeries. So this is not a one-off. This mm-hmm. is something that happened a number of times while she was the attorney general. Now, in January of 2019, Kamala Harris was questioned about all this by the Washington Blade, which is another you know queer-focused um, sort of uh, news site. And I believe her responses here are rather telling. So the Blade asks, how would you address concerns about seeking to deny surgery for trans inmates as California AG? Kamala Harris. So I was, as you are rightly pointing out, the Attorney General of California for two terms, and I had a host of clients that I was obligated to defend and represent, and I couldn't fire my clients. And there are unfortunately situations that occurred where my clients took positions that were contrary to my beliefs. And it was an office with a lot of people who would do the work on a daily basis. And I do wish that sometimes they would have personally consulted me before they wrote the things that they wrote. Yes, I do. But the bottom line is the buck stops with me, and I take full responsibility for what my office did. But on that issue, I will tell you I vehemently disagree and in fact worked behind the scenes to ensure that the Department of Corrections would allow transitioning inmates to receive the medical attention that they required, they needed, and deserved. Then the Blade asks, to be clear, should trans inmates throughout the country have access to gender uh, uh, reconstructive surgery? And Kamala Harris responds, I believe we are at a point where we have got to stop vilifying people based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And we've got to understand that when we are talking about a particular transgender community for too long, they've been the subject of bias and, frankly, a lack of understanding about their circumstances and their physical needs in addition to any other needs they have. And it's about time that we have a better understanding of that. You will notice she was asked a yes or no question and did not respond with yes or no. Masterful. That, yeah. We're that is not a that yes. I think they have this right. Them. Yeah, yeah. In the n- Which is like that's not what you're being asked, Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, from what I under uh, the bit that you, so you dug into this more. She was like in the Norseworthy situation specifically, is she was for her receiving hormone therapy, but not for having any sort of uh, reconstructive surgery. Correct, saying that Norseworthy was not in immediate physical danger, but Norseworthy received. Didn't she get? Attacked in prison. 
or something like I that. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. It, I, I'm not sure about Norseworthy's specific case. I should yeah. have looked into it more. There was a lot to look into. So much. Um, I, I will tell you that transgender people, particularly transgender people who have not had gender reconstructive surgery and so... Um, cannot do not like physically present um yeah. as their as their gender are attacked uh and murdered in prisons at a a, high, a rate yeah. wildly higher yeah. than the general population which is part of the just this is not just a matter of like people on the right will be like oh what they're prisoners why should we care about their feelings it's not a feelings thing it's a people get fucking murdered yeah. um and like yeah it's uh and, and also one of the horrible things that prisons often do to like, oh, because they'll get murdered otherwise, is put these people in solitary confinement, yeah. which is essentially torture. Yeah. So it's, this is very, a lot of fucked up yeah, things are fucked going up. on around this. And I, I don't want to, like, we're focusing on Kamala today because we have to. Right. Please don't take this as like my comprehensive take on the treatment of transgender no, people right. within the prison system. There's a lot to cover. Um, this is a very fucked up and dark topic. Yeah. So you'll note a few things about that response she gave to the Blade, um, which is that she obliquely blamed other people in her office before she stated mm -hmm. that the buck stops with me and that she didn't actually answer the question about gender reassignment surgery. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, triple threat. Out, out triple threat. Um, Out.com takes a more critical look at Kamala's record than The Advocate. Um, and they noted in this response to her non-answer, they noted this in response to her non-answer, uh, quote, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, who is also seeking the Democratic Party's presidential nomination, very recently came out in full support of state-funded gender-affirming surgeries for incarcerated trans people, though it should be noted that she vocally opposed the matter while running for senator in 2012. I don't think it's a good use of taxpayer dollars, she said at the time. Now, I think it's really important to be fair here. Um, when we talk about the attitudes of elected leaders towards t trans rights and towards gay rights, President Obama didn't officially back gay marriage until mm -hmm. a year after Kamala was elected attorney general. And support for trans rights lagged well behind that. Sure. As we see with Senator Warren, it was not at all uncommon for Democrats to be non-supportive of gender-affirming surgery for incarcerated trans people at the time that Kamala was arguing against it for the state of California. That doesn't excuse being wrong, but we can't focus on only Kamala in this and blame her for something that all Democrats were wrong on. That said, I do believe her behavior and particularly her answers in the modern day are very troubling. Um, and I believe that the pattern of behavior you see with her that you saw in this case is troubling if you look at it in the greater context of other morally questionable decisions she made as the attorney general. Um, like for one thing, you'll notice like Elizabeth Warren also wrong on this issue in 2012, just like Kamala now is willing to take an affirmative stance on it where Kamala is still not really willing mm -hmm. to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Um, so in 2004, uh, as DA in San Francisco, uh, as you noted, Katie, she refused to seek the death penalty for a man who shot a cop. Um, now this hurt her support with, uh, uh, like police officers and like really made it more difficult for her to get elected. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that is a brave and unpopular stance. You have to give her credit for that. That's fucking hard to do yeah. is the DA. Um, so you would think that that's just something that sort of runs through her whole career, this like kind of vehement opposition to the death penalty. Mm. But in 2014, well into her time in office as AG, she appealed a judge's decision that called California's death penalty system unconstitutional. Now, Harris justified this in a lot of the same way she justified her opposition to gender reassignment surgery for inmates. She said she was just advocating for her client. This is what she says now. She also, at the time, though, made the peculiar claim that this ban undermines important protections that our courts provide to defendants, <laughs> a.k.a. the people who might get executed. Mm. Um, now, okay. it's worth noting that while she 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 
argued essentially in favor of the death penalty because she says she had to because she was advocating for her client. She did not, as attorney general, always choose to reflectively, reflexively represent a client when that client's stances were counter to her own beliefs. As attorney general, she declined to defend Proposition 8, which banned same-sex marriage. So clearly mm-hmm. she was able to use her own discretion on other issues. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's really interesting to me. So it's it, this is not a situation where she just had no alternative. Right. right? She could have made yeah. the choice. Well, right. She I mean, could the have whole made a choice. Trying yeah. to be the easily moved brick in the wall, uh, and deciding when to actually do that and when to not do that. Well, it's also like yeah. whose approval is she courting right. with this specific yeah. decision, t- decision? I would say that Prop Eight. That is a more popular across the board in, in progressive circles in, yeah, to be opposed to gonna... versus, you know, the maybe the groups of people that she's been trying to win back over that she, you know, yeah, relationships. I, I, th- I, I think you absolutely if you want to look at it as just sort of like a crass political move, it, it makes do. sense that way because, yeah. Okay, if I don't back this death penalty thing, um, that's going to piss off more cops, yep. and I need more police groups to 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 back me in my reelection campaign. But cops, on the whole, in California, don't really care all that much about gay rights. They're not they're, they they don't support uh, Prop Eight more than the rest of the population does. And if I if I support Prop Eight, uh, that will cost me more net votes. So I'm going to oppose Prop Eight. Like that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she took a stand for trans people because she and I guess she was correct in this. Um, she didn't think uh, that there were enough of them to matter electorally. Exactly. So it wasn't worth the fight. The political yeah. climate was such that people barely even understood what trans meant. Yeah. And it, yeah. it wasn't something that it was. It, it's an issue that could have been potentially harmful for her at the time. Um, yeah. And she just really seems to have been positioning herself, straddling that line between progressive uh, policies and also catering to, you know, this tough on crime Kind yeah, of. it's it's but, trying to be it's, the tough it's progressive trying to be a progressive cop. Yeah, it's trying to be a progressive cop, but it's also it's not trying to be a progressive cop or at least one way you could look at this is she's not it, like it, it look. This looks to me less like she's she's a, an actual progressive cop and more. She understands where the winds are blowing. Yes. She's in mm-hmm. California. You want to seem like a progressive cop, yeah. but you also the most important thing is to get reelected. Mm-hmm. So. When being progressive means pissing off a bunch of cops in favor of a tiny number of transgender people, you're gonna you're gonna throw the trans people under the right. bus. Um, like that's that's yeah what I see here. Um, now I, I I do have to say like stating all that, um, I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I didn't point out some very significant ways that she did earn like the title of progressive that mm-hmm. she really pushed some yeah, very yeah. progressive uh, programs. So I'm gonna quote from a, a really good Vox article on her background here. She expanded her back-on-track program to other parts of the state. After Black Lives Matter took off, she introduced and expanded what her office described as first-of-its-kind training to address racial bias as well as procedural justice, earning praise from local newspapers. She made the California Department of Justice the first statewide agency to require body cameras, and she launched Open Justice, a platform that, among other data, allows the public to track reported killings by police officers. Great. That's all great. Yeah, it is all great. Yeah. But Kamala's there's uh, always uh, Kamala's a but. office. <laughs> yeah, there's there's this is a but, a buttful article. Um, 
So her office also sought to release fewer prisoners when the U.S. Supreme Court found that California's prisons were so overcrowded that it counted as cruel and unusual punishment to keep that many people incarcerated. She argued against releasing people because, and this is cartoonishly ghoulish, releasing too many prisoners would deplete the prison labor pool. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It made me gasp when I was reading about that. That's um, like that's like Gargamel levels of evil. <laughs> because it, it, yeah, it would negatively impact cheap prison labor. Uh, because I guess they could yeah. having them go out to fight wildfires only cost them two dollars a day. Yeah, yeah, should, that that was specifically part of ju- the justification is that we want of as many of the incarcerated people that we pay under a legal minimum wage to fight our fires, fighting our fires. Some of them and being like, minors. Some of them, uh, yeah. all of them not being able to have that job when they leave prison. Um, do you, Maybe there's other ways to deal with this problem of not enough wildfire fighters. Maybe let them take that job after doing Jeez, it in prison. I know. After, yeah. you, after you train them to <laughs> when do you're it, like you're literally yeah, giving them these skills. Rehabilitation uh, programs. Skills, um, do you have this extending two for one credits quote from her lawyers? Because mm. if not, I want to share this. Oh, no, no, no. Hit um, me. At the time, yeah. uh, Harris's lawyers argued that extending two-for-one credits to all minimum custody inmates at this time would severely impact the fire camp participation, a dangerous outcome, while California is in the middle of a difficult fire season in a severe drought. And then later on, Harris claimed that the arguments, uh, that she was shocked by yeah. those arguments yeah. that were made. And yeah, like, she said she wasn't aware I'm, that her Are you I, fucking I kidding argument. me? Yeah. You don't know. She specifically claimed she didn't realize they were using that argument until she saw negative news. That's I got bullshit. that. I got that full quote. If you want it, if you want, if you oh, want that. Oh, beautiful. Hit it's, me up. It's real. Throw, it's it's really it it, it's such a everything that we've been talking about because it's yeah. literally just uh, I will be very candid with you. Very candid. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> I saw that article this morning and I was shocked and I'm looking into it to see if the way it was characterized in the paper is actually how it occurred in court. I was very troubled by what I read. I just need to find out what did we actually say in court. It's baffling to me. Oh, it's not baffling. You're lying. You know what you're- Right. I'm shocked. Yeah, that's I'm a concerned. Lie. I'm yeah. looking into it. It's all just that- uh, Anyway. The buck stops with me, but also I didn't know they were doing it's, this. Again, that's that shirking. Of, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take, take some responsibility and has, I'm going to get to the bottom of why, who did this? Yeah, we're very, has, we're has very strongly any, looking into it. Quick question. Has literally anyone who's ever said the buck stops with me actually been arguing that the buck stops with them when they use that statement? Or is it always used to be like the buck stops with me, but here's whose fault it is? Absolutely. (laughs) I I mean, every case that I've seen in the last 30 minutes. Like never, never, (laughs) never, ever has anyone said the buck stops with me and I resign. (laughs) Yeah. Never followed up with that. Yeah. Amazing. Um. Yeah, so there's a bit of a pattern, you could say. There sure is. Uh, Now, it's fair to note that the AG's office of the largest state in the union handles way too many cases for any one person to keep up with. That is absolutely a reality, and maybe there should be some structural changes to a number of things in order to address that. Um, But, and, you know, Justice Department... uh, policy did not require state lawyers to seek approval from the AD- AG. So it is true that the the people making this argument did not have to clear it with uh, Kamala Harris. Okay. But it would have been completely within Kamala Harris's prerogative as attorney general to change that policy to institute a more hands-on approach that would have given her and her office uh, more approval and allowed her to catch things like this. She did not institute this. Mm -hmm. It is suggested by some that the reason she didn't is because it would have antagonized her employees and law enforcement. We're seeing that same Mm -hmm. thing again. There we go. 
Yeah. Now, this is where I should note that people today, including myself, have taken to calling Miss uh, Kamala Harris a cop, uh, which some people say is unfair and reductive. I want to note that during this time, she described herself as California's top, top cop. cop. <laughs> Sorry. So if you're calling Kamala Harris a cop, you are calling her what she called herself. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Well, if we're gonna, if we're going to be more accurate, don't say Kamala Harris is a top is a cop. Say Kamala Harris is the top cop. She was yeah. the top cop. Yeah, top. be accurate, top cop. people. Yeah. Come That's on, come all on, come ask. on. And maybe if you want to be whimsical, suggest <laughs> that Kamala Harris was the time cop, so that we can imagine her Ooh. and Jean Claude Van Damme kick fighting their way through history, which I do enjoy. Let's all do that. I've yeah. uh, just take a moment to imagine. It's been that. a wild ride, but hey, I've Cody, vote, would yeah. you, would you mind giving us a time machine noise? Oh God. <laughs> now just as you listen to this uh, just imagine kamala harris looping back in time to stop hitler with the support of <laughs> is this adult hitler or baby hitler uh i think both i think she's really <laughs> she's, she's really, thorough yeah. <laughs> i'd rather take I out adult she's gonna, hitler than baby hitler she's gonna throw baby hitler at adult hitler like oh. ahab throwing his harpoon at the white whale yeah. that's just gonna destroy the entire universe it might, it might, and that would really hurt her chances at elections. So she's not. It, it would make back there. 2020 way better <laughs> way, for everybody. Way less worse. <laughs> yeah, we would be calling certain people Nazis, and everyone would be like, well, "You mean that obscure group in Germany that What's like, a were Nazi? around for a year and a half?" <laughs> yeah, why are you <laughs> concerned about that? What are you talking about? Now, uh, because of her progressive past uh, and decisions like declining to seek the death penalty for that cop killer, uh, Harris, like you said, was initially elected AG with very little support. And her 2010 victory was uh, narrow enough. It was less than 1% she won by. So incredibly narrow. Um, And, you know, as you noted, uh, once she was in, she seems to have felt the need to throw red meat to law enforcement in order to secure reelection. So I'm going to quote again from that Vox write up from the two sketchiest cases that resulted from this trend. Harris also overlooked and defended law enforcement officials accused of misconduct. In one such case, state prosecutor Robert Murray falsified a confession, using it to threaten the defendant with life in prison. After a court threw out the indictment, Harris's office appealed it, dismissing the misconduct because it did not involve physical violence. Harris also resisted some attempts to hold police accountable for shootings, including a bill that would have required the attorney general's office to investigate killings by police and efforts to create statewide standards Hmm. for police-worn body cameras. She also defied calls to have her office quickly investigate certain police shootings in California. So that's good. Great, great, great. Now, the darkest, maybe the darkest chapter of Kamala's history yeah. uh, as AG is the story of George Gage. Have you guys heard this? No, I haven't. Give me- it's fucked. Now, I'm going to quote next from a New York Times article, an opinion column titled Kamala Harris was not a progressive prosecutor. It's by someone at the Innocence Project. Quote, Consider George Gage, an electrician with no criminal record who was charged in 1999 with sexually abusing his stepdaughter, who reported the allegations years later. The case largely hinged on the stepdaughter's testimony, and Mr. Gage was convicted. Afterward, the judge discovered that the prosecutor had unlawfully held back potentially exculpatory evidence, including medical reports indicating that the stepdaughter had been repeatedly untruthful with law enforcement. Her mother even described her as a pathological liar who lives her lies. In 2015, when the case reached the United States Court of Appeals, for the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, Miss Harris's prosecutors defended the conviction. They pointed out that Mr. Gage, while forced to act as his own lawyer, had not properly raised the legal issue in the lower court as the law required. <sighs> the appellate judges acknowledged this impediment and sent the case to mediation, a clear signal for Miss Harris to dismiss the case. When she refused to budge, the court upheld the conviction on that technicality. Mr. Gage is still in prison serving wow. a 70-year sentence. Wow. 
That is fucked. That is fucked. Yeah. And it makes sense coming There's from other her. stories like that. Yeah. But it may also make sense. You know, she started off prosecuting yeah. uh, child sexual abuse cases. And so that's something that, you know, is her calling card as right. such. And so in yeah. a way, I guess that makes sense. Now, Katie, speaking of calling cards, you know Are what we our selling them? Calling... <laughs> yes. <laughs> this product and or service you could call our calling card, much like Kamala's is unfairly imprisoning a man for a crime he didn't commit. You Not did stuff. it. You really yeah. got through that, Robert. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome to the worst year ever. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. So we're back. We're back. Um, we're back, and we're we're talking about about Kahar, Kamala Harris, Harris, Car 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so when we talk about the case of George Gage, there's a couple of things going on. One of them is that like there's kind of this war between believing the victim and also the fact that like there are false accusations, and this is particularly when we look at false accusations, cases of children and stepchildren claiming years later they were sexually abused, there's a dark history with that. Obviously it happens, but also there was during the satanic panic, there were a huge number of kids who had like false memories essentially like pushed onto them by hypnotherapists and shit. And a ton of completely innocent people got charged and like people who like worked at daycares. A lot of this happened in California. So like there's a long fucked up history in California of this exact thing happening um and all of the cases even outside of kamala's are 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 that dark 
Um, So it's like, this is like really messy and ugly. And it seems like Gage's is a case where an innocent guy was was accused of something he didn't do. Um, And it's fucked. It's just fucked. Um, And I'm sure if you were to question Kamala about this, she would say again that she was just doing her job as an advocate for the state of California. Whether you find that defense compelling or not is a matter of your own personal morality. In terms of my personal morality... I think the best article I found on this subject was a column on The Intercept titled, Can a Prosecutor Become a President in the Age of Black Lives Matter? And I'd like to quote from that last. To become a prosecutor is, a ch- is to make a choice to align oneself with a powerful and fundamentally biased system. As Paul Butler, former prosecutor and author of Chokehold, Policing Black Men, told The Guardian... As a lawyer who went to law school with a goal of helping black people and using my legal skills to make things better, the realization that the law itself was a mechanism to keep African-American people down was frightening. He added, lawyers are competitive and ambitious, and the way that manifests itself in a prosecutor's office is you want to get tough sentences. I got caught up in that world. You feel like you're doing the Lord's work. You tell yourselves that you're helping the community. But, he vividly recalls, the expectation is far from reality. Compare his self-reflection with Harris's reply when asked about her decision to become a prosecutor. There is a duty and a responsibility to be a voice for the most voiceless and vulnerable and to do the work of justice, and that's the work I wanted to do. Harris revealed that her own parents questioned her choice to become a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. My family and extended family thought at best it was a curious decision, she recalled, saying that she had to defend it like one would a thesis. They asked, in Harris's words, why would you go and be part of an institution that is not always fair and does not always pursue justice? Now, that column went on to compare Kamala's history as a district attorney and an AG, very unfavorably, to Larry Krasner, the recently elected district mm-hmm. attorney in Philadelphia. In his first week in office, Krasner showed a distinct lack of thoughts for how his actions would affect the likelihood of law enforcement supporting him for re-election. He fired 31 prosecutors who were not on board with his reforms immediately. Wow. Under Krasner, the Philadelphia DA no longer charges sex workers who have less than three prior convictions. It does not prosecute marijuana positions. Plea bargaining no longer starts with the highest possible sentences. And prosecutors are required to add up the cost of incarcerating a prisoner and justify why the expense is worthwhile to the city based on their crimes. Mm. Um, That's not a like that's to show like you can go in as a prosecutor with a very progressive mindset and make changes like that. Um, It would be unfair to say that Kamala Harris did not do anything progressive either as a DA right. or as a, a, a as a attorney general. She did a number of very progressive things, but I do not think it's fair to call her a progressive prosecutor. She is a prosecutor who wanted to get reelected, and she took progressive stances when they were popular and increased her odds of getting elected. Yeah. That's not a hundred percent of the time. She did take some bold cases, but that was not the norm for her career. Yeah, right. And it's, I think it's, that's where I land on it's this. It's calculated. Yeah. It's a calculated prosecutor. Yeah, yeah she a called herself a tough progressive yeah. prosecutor. Mm-hmm. I believe I saw that quote somewhere. And, you know, yeah, again, yeah, it's it's not as progressive as you think as she would like. Yeah, not quite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Calculation. Wow. Yeah. It's all very interesting. One uh, quick thing uh, about her time as AG, I guess, uh, in 2013, she did not prosecute Steve Mnuchin's bank, mm. uh, One West Bank, uh, despite there being evidence of misconduct. And later, Mnuchin donated two thousand dollars to her campaign. How about that? Why do you think he did that? Well, you know. Why do you think she why didn't does one, do that? Why does one and why does one not? Uh, but Kamala, it, it, it's important to know she did not vote. She voted against his confirmation as as Secretary of the mm-hmm. Treasury. So 
Yeah. The buck stopped there. The guys. buck did stop there. Sometimes the buck does stop where it, where it should stop. Uh, Cody, do you want to talk to us a bit about her platform and how that bit, has changed yeah. a bit? Um, and I think, uh, honestly, we've, co- we've covered a lot of it just sort of by talking about sure. these events. Um, because, like we've said, like, she is against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Now that that is part of her platform, um, her history on that is a little shaky. Um, yeah, it, clearly. Clearly choosing to uh, to be that sometimes and not be that other times. Um, she wants to... Uh, she has an issue with uh, cash bail. Okay. Um, she wants to uh, reform slash reduce cash bail. Um, but as her time as a attorney, I don't know if you read about this. Here's just a quote from her. People come to San Francisco to commit crimes because it's cheaper to do it. What? Uh, so she wanted to... <laughs> Yeah, Has she yeah, been yeah. to San Francisco lately? Uh, right. Uh, but she, so she wanted to raise cash bail at the, during that time. I I love the picture that paints of criminals. Of like, <laughs> hey, Chuck, you know what? This fucking, I don't want to, I don't want to be criming in Milwaukee this winter. Let's go to San Francisco. We'll save a lot of money. <laughs> Where yeah. the crimes are paved with gold. It's warm enough to sleep on the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so like amazing. the last line that is a little, a little, a little much. It's a little silly. Yeah. Um, but also uh, inconsistent with uh, how she's framing it now. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I think it's telling that she's saying that she wants to reform cash bail and reduce cash bail as opposed to just abolish cash bail. Okay. Um, because that, I mean, that's what you would, uh, if you were like a pro- like really progressive and wanting to like reduce this, you would say, well, we shouldn't have cash bail. Right. It, it's easily to uh, easily manipulated. And benefits. But no, she just wants, no, she to wants to reduce it. And, re- and um, because nothing too extreme here. Yeah, it's this sort of talk, the middle ground, no. sort of calculating how how much you can go, how much you can't. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got impaled by an iron bar. Well, let's replace that with a slightly smaller iron bar. Don't you feel better now? It looks that the it, bar is smaller. It does look smaller. It's impaling you. It feels <laughs> yeah. smaller. Um, so the cash bail is interesting. Um, she does. She wants to uh, get rid of mandatory minimum sentencing. Mm-hmm. So that's something where it's like, no, we should get rid of this. Um, so I want to give her a little credit yeah, where, you know, where that's due. Um, one thing uh, she does want to end is private prisons now. Great. Although, as we sort of talked Good. about, um, it does seem like she uh, doesn't necessarily want to do that because of all the free labor that uh, right. you can get from prisons. Um, and uh, she's been criticized in the past um, – for not using her position as AG to oppose uh, Governor Jerry Brown um, in response to a prison overcrowding. He wanted to move inmates to uh, private prisons, and she uh, did not fight back on that. Okay. Um, so, uh, again, little inconsistency seems to be sort of calculated. Um, and uh, I just wanted to bring up this thing with the, the firefighting, um, yeah. because when you have that, and that happened. And you're talking about things like, you know, she's supportive uh, of things like the Green New Deal vaguely, not like not specifically the Green New Deal. But when you're talking about that and all the sort of work that needs to be done, it sort of makes you wonder, like, where where is that labor going to come from? Mm-hmm. From somebody who has uh, supported uh, keeping people in prison because of the free labor that it offers us. Right. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's one of those things. When you when I look at like okay if um you know uh I, I again it's no secret like my 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 top pick would be Bernie Sanders I think uh, my my two would be Warren if I think about who I would prefer outside of those I'm not saying to Kamala's top of that list she's someone who uh, I don't trust to make principled right. moral stances right. and I right. don't tra- trust to take on her own serious action 
for things that are, are immediately necessary, like massive sweeping criminal justice reform, like climate change legislation. Um, I do trust that she's someone who wants to be elected enough that is there if there is a sustained and large scale mm-hmm. campaign right. to push yeah. those things, she will do what she thinks is popular. Absolutely. And and that that's not a negative when you compare it to where we are right now, where, yeah, where I mean, no action will ever a be taken. Politician. Right. Right. A liberal politician. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah. like, yeah, also it's it's a bummer to be like to be at that point where it's like, well, at least this person will stand up for what's right if millions of people protest in favor of it. Um, yeah, if we shame her into action, she will take action. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is not the worst case scenario. No, it's not. Um, the I worst. mean, <laughs> yeah. there certainly have been presidents <clears throat> that mm. uh, you, you can't say the same for. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people when they talk about why they want Kamala, or at least before, is that they want to see her on a debate stage with Donald Trump. And I get the com- the appeal uh, of that, but I well, first of all, I don't know if Donald Trump would show up right. for a debate with Kamala Harris. But also, I don't know that Donald Trump would show up for a debate with anyone. anyone. No, maybe yeah. Joe Biden. Why would he? What? What? Yeah, what would he have to gain from it? Yeah, maybe he um, nothing to lose, nothing to gain. He would just not do it yeah. and be exactly yeah. as he exactly is. Exactly the same. But I no, also I think uh, my my called shot here is that he will say something along the lines of, "I think my record for president speaks for itself, yeah. and I have no need to debate an opponent." Yeah, best but, economy um, we've ever had. End of story. I, maybe I'll be wrong. I'm just, I am excited to see her question him in an impeachment hearing or something. Yeah, uh, that actually, yeah, yeah, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's great in this. Well, she's prosecutor, good at it. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I look forward to a bunch of lawyers who are now senators yeah. doing that uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in court. Um, I think that yeah. desiring that, aside from whether or not he's going to show up, is a silly reason to want somebody to be the president. Absolutely. Um, yes. Guess what's going to happen when those debates are over and the election's over? Yeah. Um, other then stuff. Then we've got a president. Yeah. Um, I, I And I, I kind of think debating is, is a lot like actually running for, for public office. And I, I, I think this is something I did debate um, for basically all of high school. And I was... Uh, not the best at it, but I made it to nationals one year, and I was I was like very highly ranked within my state. I was good at it, and um, one of the things, the good thing that you do that speech and debate teaches you is how to make an affirmative and a negative argument, mm-hmm. which I, I think is always a helpful thing whenever you're trying to um, understand an issue is to figure out the best case for and against it, and then sort of like you can. That is one way you can arrive at truth. The downside is that, um, and this is something you'll see with fellows like Ben Shapiro. One of the real easy ways to win is to just lie or twist the facts in a way that you know your opponent won't be ready to counter because all that matters is actually scoring points in the moment and objective truth has nothing to do with winning a debate. Yeah, it's all performative. Um, And it's sort of similar to running for office where taking a stance that wins the argument is often better than taking a stance that is the right thing, which is why I I don't I don't I don't like um, the Debates per se, right? Um, right. I like, yeah, yeah. Which right, is not, it's not. There's no yeah. value in having all the candidates talk and argue their points, but yeah, especially debates between politicians who are seasoned yeah. at doing yeah. that specifically. And it's like, well, what do you actually believe? Oh, I can actually look at yeah. your record of forty years. Well, that's years why and find so out. many people are more drawn to Bernie yeah. and to Warren. Uh, yeah, right. If you not so many, yeah. I guess, well, if we're looking, but I mean, why? For, yeah. It's but that's, that is the appeal of those two candidates. It's why Less an elderly, wild-haired socialist has become one of the most popular politicians in the country 
for basically shouting numbers at people for the yeah. last six years. For, yeah. um, for his entire <laughs> yeah, career. It's, it's, why, yeah. I mean, it's why Pete Buttigieg is well, a yeah, big but, fan uh, of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, um, it's why you can, know, it's why after yeah. uh, six years, uh, everybody is saying healthcare is a human right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. you say it over and over because you believe it, then everyone else will yeah. catch on. The history books will love Bernie um, no matter what happens yeah, with his career. That is true. Um he's a lovable man. Um happy birthday whenever your birthday is, Bernie. Uh speaking <laughs> of healthcare, <laughs> we talk about this a lot. We talk about Medicare for all mm-hmm. on this show and because uh, that's I think gonna be a large part of the uh alleged debate um going forward and it's definitely a uh, debate topic amongst the candidates for the Democratic primary. Um, and I think just sort of to, co- to color uh, what we've been talking about in this history, uh, Kamala was one of the first people uh, to come out in favor of Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. That's rad. She ran an ad uh, in August in 2018. I was proud to be the first Senate Democrat to come out in support of Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it is absurd that we are the only major industrialized nation in the world not to guarantee health care to all people. Add your name if you agree. It's time for Medicare for All. Um, and uh, that is true. She came out. There was a big press conference. You can see all the different senators who support that. Um, and since then, she has slowly drifted away from that. Um, at a, a large donor uh, fundraiser um, in the Hamptons, of all places, um, she was heard to uh, have said uh, she had not been comfortable with Bernie's plan. Um, okay. And so that sort of uh, has driven us to where she is now, um, which is calling it Medicare for all. Um, I will I will say it's it is uh, better than like a Pete Buttigieg okay. who is like Medicare for all who want it or Medicare if you sign, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, so she's not that far from it, but uh, it is a uh, she would I think she would call it a middle ground okay. uh, attempt at, at a Medicare plan. Um, that includes private insurance still, um, which I'm surprised that she changed her opinion. I'm surprised on she changed her opinion. I wonder if it's uh, from uh, maybe donors from like the pharma industry and things maybe. like that, and just sort, sort of that calculation. No. Of, maybe it's a test. Cody, of the wins. Cody, this hmm? is not a conspiracy theory podcast, and your crackpot theories about money influencing politics are not welcome here. Okay. 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 I. Good luck with get, the podcast, everybody. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing go. in the dog from Frasier. We are bringing in the dog from Frasier. This is the Frasier cast now, Katie. <gasps> Can we please? Oh, Robert, that dog's yes. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's, Cody, get out. There's no Why way that dog here? is still alive. <laughs> the dog that they got to play the dog after the first dog died is probably I dead. Well, this. I mean, I, I Heart does keep a witch doctor on staff. Um, oh, I'm so back on the pod then. make something. I I've been, I desperately need a witch doctor. Why don't we finish this episode and see? <laughs> All right, um, then I'll decide if you're back on the pod. Yeah, and we don't have to get into to it too much. It's yeah. just that the the uh, the comparison of now to earlier, it does seem like she sort of jumped on the bandwagon as it was very very popular, and she wanted to be the mm-hmm. first on there to sort of get those ads out early on, mm-hmm. and maybe get like an email like a donor list and get get sort of her name and get the access and sort of build her brand up and then distance herself and be like well also private insurance is really good we don't want to lose that right um so uh that's just something to think about thinking about it just something about it. to think about i love thinking i'm tired of it 
I'm middle ground. I'm I'm feeling Kamala about it. <laughs> well, that was pretty interesting. We learned a lot today. I think that's yeah. Uh, I went through like sort of an arc as I was reading about yeah. Kamala's time as AG, where like I I started reading like some of those advocate articles that were more positive and pointed out. You know, she did a lot of really good stuff for LGBT people that like was not common in that period for. Uh, someone in her position to do and i was like maybe maybe i got this shit wrong mm-hmm. like maybe i'm being unfair to her and then like it's it's like this parabola of like hitting a certain point and then hitting like the right articles be like oh no no it was a real uh whirlwind yeah. uh, a roller coaster ride is, is digging through it you're like okay oh okay uh. well i think that's also some cool like, shit she what it did, is like yeah you're, like, if you're yeah. calculated and you're trying to do the middle ground you're trying to please these people when yeah. the time is right and these people when the other time well, is right yeah. then you're going to have that journey and i guess that's also why going back to what i said at the beginning about uh her relationship with willie brown and the criticism she's received is like yeah again she had to start this woman's a politician and she's smart yeah she's maneuvered her way through this and you can't you can't take a give, you can't give credit to him for this right. career that she's. I had. mean, listen to her answer uh, about uh, yeah. the transgender uh, prison stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, that's a it's politician a, that's... answering. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, sir. Were you were you drunk driving when you ran into that family of elderly people walking down the street? Well, you know, I think drunk driving's a real problem, and I think we need to look seriously at both the societal and the personal emotional causes of such things. And I, I really think we we have to treat it like the problem that it is. Now, will you help me pull this corpse out of the grill on my F one fifty before I roll right along? I've got more tequila to drink. Thunderous applause. <laughs> we need to take a serious look at the safety of cars. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're not wrong. <laughs> if I didn't no, hear we, the question, we, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. If that was just a random statement, right, I'd be like, right. yeah, okay. <laughs> we got it. We don't have to worry about cars. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Kamala Harris, pro drunk driving. That's <laughs> you heard yeah. it here. Bold right. stance. And last. But, mm. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Beto. Yeah. <laughs> Beto as he drunkenly skateboards he skateboards. into another <laughs> yeah. Cowabunga That's a real problem in America guys. Man I really If only, uh, if, he, if he changed his uh, slogan to just Cowabunga uh-huh. I'd be all in all No in he would Trump, Trump would have resigned Congress would Absolutely. have voted unanimously To make him the president Like Mitch McConnell like sits back You know what Yes. Yes. To everything you want. Trump would have taken off his tie and put it over better. Well, I'm sad that he dropped now out before we could do an episode yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. My family yeah, is so yours now, Beto. You are my now, children's I, father. I want to ask in a serious note, if Beto had thought drinking a beer on stage would have won him votes, what what sort of six pack would he? Because I I go back and forth between what kind of beer he'd have brought out. One end is he would have picked like a super hipstery like IPA or something mm-hmm. like 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 really niche that he yeah. could have like been a beer guy about. The other is he would have gone with like the most stereotypically blue collar beer possible, Natty like ice. rolled out with a Miller Light, yeah, or Natty Coors, ice. Coors or something like that. Coors, one the, yeah, one of the water beers. Yeah, I love yeah. those. Part of me thinks yeah. he might have gone out with a Texas beer, and if he did, like this is only going to make sense to Texas people. <laughs> There's the right answer and the wrong answer if you roll out on stage with the Texas beer. The right answer is Shiner Bach, and the wrong answer is Lone Star, and I'm certain he would have done a Lone Star. Um, I, uh, I'm not from Texas, and I agree with you also. Yeah. Cert- as someone who has vomited up his body weight in both of those beers, mm. 
he would have he would have he would have rolled out with a lone star and he would have been wrong to do it and this is my stance for the 14 people from texas listening who right and he would have cracked it open yeah. and been like cara burnga <laughs> didn't even say it right Beto. you can't even do that right yeah <laughs> all right. it up all over his tie all right you guys this has gone off the rails real real well is but this not about Beto? no it's this not about Beto. Uh, this is the worst year ever but we can make it more tolerable by occasionally laughing about Beto. having <laughs> yeah. like strange fan fiction Beto's the Beto's the the man that's going to bring us all together in 2020 even yeah. though he's not going to do anything else from now on <laughs> All right, you guys can find us online uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at Worst Year Pod. Uh, I'm Gaty's Stoll. Uh, say my name. Say my name. No, say my name. It's Cody Johnston. Thank you. Say my name. Say that's a song I know. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. Destiny's Child? I got it. I got it. Pop cultures. And what you was your name that you didn't introduce in the beginning? Beyonce. No, wait, no. Mm-hmm. That's another person from Destiny's Child. I have forgotten that one pop culture piece has erased my identity. Well, I'm so sorry. We'll leave it at that then. Katie and Cody and co-host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Signing off. Wait, wait. Should we should we tell them where to find us on the internet.com? I did. <laughs> oh, I forgot that because I I remembered a single yeah, fact about brain, Destiny's your Child. Your brain is empty now, so you don't. <laughs> Well, look forward to the rest of this year while I, where I relearn how to walk. Yeah, who's, who's, looking great. who's the president right now, co-host? Ah, uh, Beyonce? Nailed it, yes. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.